Welcome back to Big Boss Mayor with Brandy Von Holten. Today, I have someone that has been such an instrumental person in our equine industry. I have Russ and Dina Brown with us today that are the owners of RBRB in Topeka, Kansas. Okay, so Russ, tell us a little bit about your kids and when you got married and tell me about this K-State, um, your K-State degrees of you and Dina and just tell us about you. Oh man, that's like uh, two hours worth of visiting right there, but I'll <laughs> condense, I'll condense a little bit. So uh, my wife, Dina and I, we actually met in junior college, uh, Cloud Town. Cloud County Community College in Concordia, Kansas. That's where all the things come from. And um, we uh, we went through junior college there, transferred into K-State, and uh, we both graduated from K-State. I have graduated with an animal science degree with a business option, and Dina graduated with an animal science degree with uh, – did you have an option, Dina? Business. There you go. So we both had a business option. Um we got married uh, shortly after, actually. We graduated in May and got married in June. After uh, graduation, we have three children, uh, all boys, and uh, they are 24, 21, and 16. I got that right without second guessing. So uh, oldest one is Pake. Pake actually graduated from K-State as well, and uh, we coerced him and coming back home for a while. I don't know if we'll get to keep him too long, uh, but we're keeping him for now. And uh, he's actually going back to graduate school, um, I think, in the fall. And then. Uh, so that, hold on one second, right there. Oh, let's yeah. talk about. Um, and it's Pake. Okay. So first hey, of all. P A Y K E. P A Y K E. So where did you get that name? I dreamt it up. Honestly, um, I, I heard it somewhere. I couldn't say I dreamt it up. I heard it somewhere many years ago. I thought, that's unique. I like unique. We'll get to that with the third one, too. Um, so I like unique. And uh, I don't know. It just stuck. And, and when he was born, I said, yeah, that's fake. Okay. Now then, what? Um, who has the highest GPA between you and Dina? Do you remember? Oh, Dina for sure. Oh, Dina for sure. Okay. For uh, sure, yeah, no, no, no question whatsoever. Uh, Dina was the brainiac. Um, I was the entertainment. Oh, okay, all right, okay. Um, and now, so you have um, Pake, and he's your oldest. And then, what is his degree in? Um, he has uh, it's it's ag business. Yeah, it's an ag business with an inter- yeah entrepreneurship. That's it. I think his master's is going to be in international trade and finance. Oh wow! Okay, so that's your oldest son. What's your What's your other two that's sons? The oldest one. So the next one is Tucker, Tucker Roy. He's the middle one. He is twenty one. He's also at K State um, right now. He's actually a dual major, chemical and biological engineer. Okay. And then your youngest son, he's in, still in high school? Yeah, the youngest one is Lakin. He's a junior in high school. And, um, yeah, Lakin is his name. That was the other interesting name. <clears throat> you know, I haven't <clears throat> I haven't heard very many Lakins. But now, you know how, like, you think of a name as, like, either a boy or a girl? <clears throat> I've had, I've met Lakins that were boys or girls, you know, so, like, I always would have thought that as a, a boy name, but, you know, I don't know. Like, I've met girls named Charlie also, you know, and I think of that as a yeah. boy name. <laughs> so, And when we named Lakin, I hadn't really heard of any Lakins. And since I've met quite a few, most are younger than him that I've met. Um, but we actually have a, a an acquaintance that has a daughter named Lakin that we didn't know. Huh? It's actually older than our boy making. Well, and you know what? So I've asked some people about your boys and stuff, and here is what's been said to me, okay? And you can see if you agree with this, okay? <clears throat> I heard that Pike is like a wonderful business person. I heard that your middle son is like a brainiac, like 
crazy, crazy, like out of this world smart. And then your third son is very mechanical. Like he can do really well with his hands. That's what I've heard about your boys. How do you, what do you think about those descriptions? I would actually say that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, he has a head for, uh, for business, for sure. Uh, marketing, loves marketing. Um, uh, the nuts and bolts of business. He really likes the nuts and bolts of business. Um, is a numbers guy in a different way, like not business numbers. Chucker, Chucker likes how things, I don't know how to even say that, because um, it's intriguing. Like he'll come home and tell us the components of something and how they all match together to make it do this, that, and the other on the chemical engineering side, you know, and I just kind of sit there and stare and nod and it <laughs> works out okay. It's, I don't know what he's saying. All right. Well, <clears throat> Okay, so y'all... And, and Lakin definitely more mechanical. and Lakin is definitely the more matter-of-fact of the bunch. Like, oh. Lakin is very cut and dry, very black and white. That sounds like an old soul. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Okay. So, um, let's talk about... Let's talk about R-Bar-B, Okay. So first of all, R is for Russ, and then the bar, and then B is for Brown, right? Correct. Okay. I will tell you, whenever I first, the first time I came to R Bar B was for a UHCA race, which is the ultimate, um, was it ultimate cowboy, no, ultimate challenge yep. horse. Ultimate horseman's challenge association, oh. yep. U-H-C-A. I was trying to put that C in that H. I was trying to swap it. So, Ultimate Horseman's Challenge Association. So, it's an obstacle competition. And then you had hosted it. That was the first time I'd been to RBRB, I do believe. And whenever everybody's like, so you have a store and then you have a facility where there's horse competitions at. Well, everybody that was at the horse competition kept on saying, are you going to go to Barbie?" Well, I thought they were saying <clears throat> O-U-R, like our, but R, and then Barbie, like Barbie doll, okay? So I was like, what is wrong with y'all? What are you talking about? Am I going to our Barbie? <laughs> what do people do here in the evening? <laughs> but I was like, well, so that's the way that I said your business name for probably about the first, I don't know, six months until I was like R bar B because I wasn't used to saying um, brands like I would have thought that was a dash. So whenever I was seeing it it was R dash B. Okay. R through B. That's the way that I was reading brands at the time. I didn't know that that was a bar. So I was like not getting any cowgirl points at all because where I came from, we didn't really have, we didn't brand anything and we didn't say brand, you know, make a brand into a name. So it just messed me up for a little bit. And then I literally wanted like a blue ribbon whenever I realized that it was R Barbie instead of R Barbie. So I do apologize about that, but we've had a very long relationship. Um, whenever my husband and I first opened Von Holton Ranch, we opened um, at the end of 2004. We did a soft opening, and we were only open like September, September, October, November. Then in 2005, we got selected to host this um, um, Great American uh, Trail Horse Festival, and we actually had to, we didn't have enough stalls, and we rented your, um, all of your stall stuff at the time, and now you've got so many you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to do that, but at the time, uh, we were able to rent those from you and come and get those, and we had enough stalls for our competition. We hosted, like, there was 197 horses on our facility for that event. Then I've had. That was, a, I mean, that was a little bit nerve wracking being that early in the game, too. Well, early in the game and large, we had people from 20 states and three countries at our horse trail riding facility in Mora, Missouri. We're located in Pettis County, which is where the Missouri State Fair's at. So 
this was like a huge event, but ACFA is, uh, was the organization that put that event on and they have, um, dissolved since then. You know, it was kind of like their last big hoorah, but we had people here like John Lyons was here. Guy McLean was here. Uh, we had a magazine that's called, it was called ACFA Monthly. Um, it's the first, it was my first magazine cover, but they were here. It was a, it was a big deal and it, you know what? And everything worked out. We had all of your stall panels and then we had about five or six people that we freaking borrowed their round pins and made stalls out of it because our stalls are covered, but we just needed additional ones. So had that relationship with you. Then I have, um, man, you have employed or had people help you that are some of my most favorite people in the world. You have Christina Salasetti that comes around and helps. Um, you have uh, Linda that used to work there. What is Linda's last name? Uh, Sheets. Yeah, she was there for forever. And then I called the other day, oh, Rusty Walker was there, and I was not expecting her to answer the phone. And then, of course, <laughs> Lee Hart. Okay, Lee Hart is the f- – I was 33 years old, and he's the first person I ever took a horseback riding lesson with. So, um, and now Lee, we've been open. This is going to be our ninth year. He is our, um, he has done a clinic here or multiple clinics each year, every year that we've been open at Von Holten Ranch. So I want you to spill the beans a little bit about Lee Hart. Do you have any crazy story that you could share about, because Lee Hart is one heck of a cowboy. I mean, he is went. To, he was the one of the wild cards to compete into that wild card for the Road to the Horse competition. He has been to the Calgary Stampede in Canada. He's won multiple EXCA World Championships. He's competed in the Mustang Challenge. That's with the EXCA and then a, a separate one. I mean, he has. He has done all sorts of things. So, I don't know, you got some, uh, you got a funny story about Lee Hart or just a story about him? Um, some of the stories that I have about Lee Hart probably um, are best left untold. Because <laughs> okay. we might have got a little too hungry at a time or two. Um, Lee and I are pretty close. We talk almost daily. Um, you know, probably the, the, the thing that, that uh that i can say that's kind of fun is is like we we have a similar thought process uh kindred spirits on um road trips and travel and spur of the moment so we uh we are both pretty prone where we were before he moved to kentucky we were pretty prone to a a 4 a.m phone call hey dude i need to leave in like an hour i've got to run to south texas and pick up a horse what do you think yeah, let's go. So we've got a lot of road trip stories. We've spent quite a little time on the road together. Um, or, or hey, dude, I, I've had a day. I had a day yesterday. Let's meet at the IHOP for breakfast and just talk about life. That kind of, that kind of stuff. Um, I've got a lot of those, a lot of those uh, good little lead heart stories. Um, we actually, ironically, knew each other before we knew each other. Way back in the day when Lee ran rodeo, um, I was ran rodeoing as well, and. We had competed against each other, and and we assumed we met each other, but didn't really remember it until later years when when when, when life brought us back together more on a business level, and then we became really good friends. So, um, uh, we we had met long before we met, I guess. Okay, well, I'll tell you, I called Lee Hart after we had scheduled this interview with you and Dina. And I was like, tell me some stories. And then he was backing up so fast because he did not want me to say. And I'm like, what kind of stories do these guys have? Because he said the same thing that, well, I've got some stories, but I ain't going to tell you none of them because those don't need to end up on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will tell you they're not illegal or immoral. They're just fun 
<laughs> well, I could just see two cowboys just kind of getting in a pickle, you know. So yeah, yeah, that would that would uh, that would probably describe it well. Well, and so the reason that I have such a good, I have so much respect for you and your wife and your family because y'all have been there so much for me. So I got my first mule, Jojo. Okay. I had never owned a mule in my life. Well, it's a little bit harder to fit him because he does not have a withers. He's like a propane tank with massive ears. Okay. So I had to bring, you can, this is a service that y'all provide to so many people, but I was actually able to bring my mule to you. And then I actually had Lee help me because at the time Lee was in Topeka. We, you were able to say, okay, what are you wanting to do? And then have a saddle that was, that fit me. And then the saddle also fit my animal. And then I was able to, you were, you had end up having three there for me. And, um, and I was able to try all of them. And then Lee actually got on my mule and tried them because at the time I was very novice and Lee's like, okay, I really like this saddle. And so I was able to get that saddle now that I bought from you. I'm actually in my office and, uh, I mean, it's on the cover of two magazines. This used, it was a used saddle. You didn't, um, you know, you could have had me be like, oh, these don't fit. You got to get a new one. But no, you had a used one that worked for me. That settles on two magazine covers because JoJo and I became the first two people in the world to win the advanced division at a mounted archery competition on a mule. So... What if, you know what, in that saddle, you know, I'm plus size and I've got a bigger belly, but it ended up being a cutting saddle that worked. It's kind of like uh, for mounted archery, I don't need a cutting saddle, but I needed a saddle that fit my mule, and that's what ended up working out. So I know that we've brought all sorts of our borders because we have a boarding barn in addition to our camping facility, and uh, <clears throat> I I've sold less than 10 horses. I mean, I don't really... That's not really my jam, but then I end up keep on finding, like, because I see thousands of people every year that come to our events, and I find some nice horses, but we bring these novice people, most of the time the people I sell to, it might be their first horse, and then you're able to help saddle fit, and that's what Dina's done also, is being able to help us, and our clients are so happy because they have everything that works and you've sold them new saddles and they were able to get everything everything for a horse like they didn't have a bridle they didn't have a lead rope they didn't have a a blanket they didn't have a front girth they didn't have nothing and they were able to walk out of there for under four thousand dollars and have everything and it fit their animal so do you, how many people do you think you do that for in a month or in a year or in a quarter? We, uh, we do a lot of that. Um, you know, it really varies though. And a lot of it's weather related too, you know, weather, but we probably do three to five a week easily in the, in the, uh, you know, better weather parts of the year. In the winter months, sometimes it's only one or two. There's some weeks you don't do one if the weather's really cruddy, you know. Um, but uh, the saddle fitting deal is, is definitely a big, uh, big part of integral part of our saddle sales. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of places to buy a saddle. We all know that. Um, but it's kind of a nice feeling to be able to bring your horse, fit it, ride it. We have a round pin. We have an arena um, right here at the store. And you kind of leave knowing that. You've made a you've made a uh, informed, wise decision, and and hopefully uh, you can just move forward and roll on. Check that off the list. You know, saddle thought. Well, and you know what, I, the people that I'm trying to educate about saddles. Okay, most people are like, hey, I've got a saddle, and now I want to get a horse, and then I tell them, dude, buying a saddle before buying a horse is like buying a bra and then trying to find a wife that it fits. Okay, 
you might get lucky, but chances are you're not. It's not going to work out. I see so many people that don't even know that there's a tree in a saddle. They don't understand about uh, it just not fitting right in the shoulder. And um, like I've got a horse right now that's here that I had bought to sell, but it's got some shoulder issues, and I really think it's probably been from poor saddle fit for a long time. So the saddle fitting is, it's going to keep people safe. And I love that you will try used saddles on horses and new saddles. Depends upon what they want. You know, you could have easily said to people that I needed a new saddle. And no, you helped me find a very nice used saddle. So much props to you there because you could have made more money off of me because I was unknowing at the time. So, sure. Well, and corny as it sounds, that's not our goal. I mean, yeah, we want to make a living. So does everybody else in the world. Um, but 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 getting every dollar you've got is is not the uh, the prime objective. Um, we truly truly um, you know care about uh, you and your horse's um, comfort and 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 such. You know, a happy horse is a lot more fun to deal with. Right. Um, and that saddle fit makes a big difference. You know. Whenever we first opened up our ranch, um, we were doing a little bit of guided rides, and I had rental horses, and I even came there and bought all of our all of our saddles for our uh, rental horses at the time. And now our relationship is just whenever I come there to help out people that have bought horses from me. But that is so minute of what we've done. You and I keep on seeing each other at these horse expos, like, for example, Equifest of Kansas. You are always a major player at Equifest of Kansas, and this year you are doing something about, like, the eyes through the judge or something? Yeah, so that that all came about kind of, uh, it started on a whim, and, then, and I kind of committed before I probably should have, but that tends to be, my MO sometimes. Um, but uh, I was talking with Justine, uh, who is the uh, the head of the Horse Council, Horse Council, and um, they had added a day. So the uh, Equifest of Kansas issue will be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, instead of just Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so I was quizzing her about the concepts and a lot, you know, why did we add the day and, and so on, more from a vendor standpoint than anything. And and she said, well, that Sunday afternoon evening gets so hectic, people trying to get out of there. We wanted to be able to let the vendors start tearing down earlier um, so that they had a little more time. But we didn't want to shortchange the people that were coming to the event. So they added Thursday. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday will be more like the traditional Equifest. And Sunday is going to be a shortened day, but it's free admission. So... Um, no charge okay. to get into any part of it, which I thought was cool. Um, obviously, the concept there is um, a great day for people that maybe had thought about coming to Equifest, but just didn't really want to spend the money or, or were, were curious, but not that curious. I don't know, however you want to say it. But um, so we're talking about that, and she's talking about um, their headliners and, and clinicians and so on. And I asked her, I said, well, what about Sunday? If, if it's free admission, you know, limit you financially what you can offer. And she's like, well, we haven't decided what we're going to do Sunday. And, and the light bulb goes off in my head. And so I said, well, just let us have Sunday. And she goes, uh, what do you mean, let you have Sunday? I said, let me provide Sunday. Or not me personally, but let, let, let me put together Sunday for you. She took it back to her board after I explained her what, uh, what it was we were doing, which I'll get into here in just a second. And they approved it, and, and here we are. So we have a little group called the Kansas Horse Mafia, uh, which is an EXPA affiliate, um, which is Extreme Cowboy Racers. And um, and then the UHCA, which we spoke of at the beginning there, um, we kind of teamed up, and uh, we're putting on a, uh, a deal, and we're, we're calling through the judges. And so that brings Lee Hart back into the equation. It comes full circle in this industry, it seems like. Um, the morning will consist of a, uh, we're going to call it a clinic. It's more of a demonstration, but we'll call it a clinic for, for uh, 
ease of term. Lee and I will be um, emceeing the situation. We'll have um, three to four riders going through obstacles, and as they're going through, Lee's going to talk about um, how they approach the obstacle, how they execute it, and how they depart, things they could do differently that would score them a little higher. Um, you know, the good, the bad, the do's, the don'ts. The concept there is a lot of times um, when you go into a competition, you maybe you don't know how you're being judged or how you, um, you know, if you didn't know that if you would have entered that obstacle from a different angle, maybe you would have gave you a half a point. Um, little things that will that will help you maybe develop it. Or we'll roll, uh, then we'll roll right out of that into a demo. Um, of different riders, all age groups we have, I think from 8 to 80, literally, um, all age groups will have a, a two to three demo riders in each age group, and then the crowd's going to get an opportunity to, to judge, and then there'll be prizes for the for the people that uh, judge the closest to the official judge, which is me, so it ought to be a cool thing. So that extreme cowboy racing, I, I dabbled in that for a couple of years and went to their world championship as a novice. And, uh, you know, those Equifest of Kansas, I know that um, before, where's it at right now? It's in what, Salina? Salina. Okay. And then it was, it was in Topeka before that. And then where was it at before Topeka? It was in Wichita. So one of the times when it was in Wichita, um, I was one of Lee's students, and he needed, um, he was doing these races, and it was two people at one time going, and you had to jump a barrel, and I had not ever jumped a barrel until like the day before that. Boy, 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 my freak, I don't know if anybody's ever jumped a barrel on their horse, but my horn hit my tummy so freaking hard. I had the biggest circle <laughs> bruise for forever. That extreme cowboy racing, like your horse, you have to have such good horsemanship. Your horse has to be able to do anything, and you never know what you're doing before then, except for I did know that I was probably going to have to jump a barrel. And not a barrel being upright tall, but a barrel laid over. Like it seems like it's not that big of a deal, but in my mind... I was jumping like the Great Wall of China is what it felt like. Yeah, I was going to say, when you're coming at it, it probably did look like the Great Wall of China, if, you know, when you're novice to that. Oh, yeah. It, I hated it. And then my horse, for some reason, thinks that he's a pony, even though he's like 15 too. So he overjumps everything. So by God, when we jump a barrel, we jump a freaking barrel. You know, it's a big deal. But... <laughs> Though I love Equifest of Kansas. Um, Equifest of Kansas is actually pictures from, I was a presenter there. They've had me do lectures in the past, and then they let me do a mounted archery demonstration, and I actually was able to shoot fire from my mule at a canner. Um, but they had loaded people up on both sides of the arena, so I had to canner the short distance across the arena and shoot fire. And it took me a few tries, but that's actually the the grand finale in my second children's book. And that book made it to all 50 states within 30 days. So, um, awesome. yeah, because every one of my children's books has a, a moral lesson, but each we have different horses, and each horse is a main character of a book. Like the first book is called... Adventures at Von Holten Ranch, KTM, because KTM was the horse that I used to do the extreme cowboy racing on. And his book is about <laughs> how um, one person can make a positive difference in the world. And then the second children's book has Jojo the mule in there. So there's all sorts of pictures of the saddle that I bought from you in there. But his book is about finding your passion. And it doesn't matter what your outward appearance is to go for your goal and then my third children's book that's coming out this year, and right now, it, I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, but it's 2023. Um, my third book will be coming out, and it's about how having a bad childhood or going through a traumatic, traumatic event does not define you as an adult. So that book is called Adventures at Von Holten Ranch Chalkboard, because that was the name of that horse. So anyways, it's a whole big series. Um, so let's talk about... Um, 
let's talk about things that are at your store. So the last time I was at your store, the thing that was there was not a thing. It was a person. And Mo brings plenty. That is the, he's a Native American. He's got these long freaking braids. He's on the show Yellowstone, which is extremely popular right now. I roll up in there with a couple of people to get um, saddle fit because they had purchased a horse. And I look over there and I'm like, are you the... Are you that guy from that show? And he's like, yes, ma'am. And then, like, we took a picture together, but I think he was there. He had brought, he was had a truck, a trailer, and a, he had he has a Mustang, I do believe. That, But I was, uh, I was not expecting to see Mo Brings Plenty, and that's his name is Mo Brings Plenty, at R-Bar-B. So... Yeah, we've actually known Mo for quite a while. Um, done a lot of saddle repair for him and stuff in, in past years, and then I've gotten to know uh, he and his wife um, more so in the last few years. But uh, he uh, he had stopped by to just get some supplies, some saddle pads, and and so on and so forth. And uh, and yeah, that was that was a big day for for a lot of people. We were really busy that day. And uh, so he got to uh, he got to meet and greet a, greet quite a few people. He's a, a genuinely good human being, uh, just a, a really nice guy. Um, has a love for uh, has a love for the equine industry, and um, he's got besides acting, he does a lot of consulting, uh, Native American consulting. He is a, a vast vast knowledge. Um, in that guy just a just a super good guy well and you know what i i tried to get him and his wife now his wife is a uh, one heck of a cowgirl and just beautiful and i've i've never met her in person but i do believe that she won like miss kansas rodeo or something like uh, i think she's supposed yep. something is that correct with what she had won i believe that is correct yes. yeah and i'm trying to remember because we uh we did some saddle swap in that day, and I believe that that um, was hanging in the chat room in the trailer with Miss Rodeo, oh, yeah. Kansas, I think. Yeah. Well, I tried to, you know, they don't know me from nothing, and I had uh, tried to get in contact with him to do like a meet and greet because we have a, a wedding venue that my husband built, and we've actually won Missouri's Best Place to Get Married for the last two years. And um, it's a bar, it's a wedding barn that my husband built because whenever we bought the the land, our property's been in the same family since 1906, and we bought it in 2013, but nobody had lived on the farm since 1979. So there was a whole bunch of old buildings that, you know, they had went through the Great Depression and all this, you know, like all this weathered wood, but then they were... They were, their peak had most definitely come and gone. Well, my husband, there were eight buildings on the property when we bought the family farm, and he had to take down five of them to build a wedding venue. And so the fact now that that it's been voted Missouri's best place to get married for the last two years, and my husband, it took him 10 months to build that wedding venue, really makes my day. I'm trying to get, I would love for Mo Brings Plenty to come and do like a, a dinner or something, but he didn't know who the heck I was. I mean, like, I just, you know, I probably sounded like a super fan, like, hey, you want to come eat dinner with us? <laughs> you know, like, I promise I'm not a weirdo, but I am a little bit of a weirdo. But anyways, so <clears throat> I, I that took me by surprise. And I was like, wow, I w-, you know, you I, whenever you see people on a TV show, you expect them to not be at where you're going to. You know what I mean? You would just not expect them to right, be there. But right. you know how cool that was for a Native American to have a Mustang? And then I was like, oh, wow. Wow. You know, that, I don't know, it just kind of took me back because back in the day, Native Americans were riding the heck out of Mustangs, you know? Like, uh I don't know. It's just real cool for me. Like I just never really thought about it very much. So what all do you have in your store? Cause every time I come there, it seems like y'all have moved stuff and you've gotten bigger and you've gotten more stuff. So tell us about all this stuff. 
Uh, yeah, definitely uh, is an ever-changing situation. Uh, we're constantly shuffling things down, making more room, uh, trying to make it a little more user-friendly, uh, easier to find, however you want to say it. Um, I feel like we've hopefully kind of reached our footprint finally. Okay. Um, you know, we're 20, what are we, 25 years into this almost. July will be our 25th year. So we'll be able to do something kind of crazy this fall. I don't know what it is yet, but we'll do something kind of crazy this fall for our well, 25th year. Well, a quarter year. of a century, a quarter of a century, I don't know, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. I mean, I bet y'all started, did you start at your house or in a garage or something? Where did uh, many moons ago, we started a traveling trailer, um, and then um, we uh, we started in, or we opened to where we're at now. We bought this place, um, moved here, and then we remodeled the chicken house, which is the original part of this building, is the chicken house. Hmm. Um, and then we built on to the east end, or the west end. No, the east end was first. Mm-hmm. We built on to the east end first. Then we built on to the west end. Then we built a porch on the front, uh, and then we built an entire building and attached to the back. And then we added on to the west end of that building, and then we added on to the east end of that building, <laughs> and uh, and then we built another building in front, and that's kind of where we're at now. Do you know, like I do find it, like you're talking about, like, okay, we're finally at our footprint. So this year is our ninth year, and we went from 40 RV sites down to 34 but of those 34, two of them are primitive, so that means we have 32 electric sites. And so we had to get rid of some of um, some of our materials, and you purchased them. And so we're kind of like, we had to figure out for us um, the balance between insurance and commercial property taxes and the growth of our business and we just kind of figured out that's kind of ironic because we've been expanding, expanding, and then we kind of just shrunk in one area to be able to elaborate into other businesses because we have like four businesses. And it's funny that you said that yours started with the chicken house. Do you know that the only remaining building that's on our century farm is the old chicken house? <laughs> so we have it There's right in the tough about a chicken house. Boy, I guess. But our chicken house is the last original um, remaining building on our property. So, all right. So tell us, um, because, you know, you said that you want to make it more user-friendly. I don't think it needs to be any more user-friendly because every time I go in there, I buy way more than what I planned on. You need to make it less <laughs> user-friendly. <laughs> all right. So well, what's your future to. growth? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, what's y'all's future growth for um, your business? So, uh, well, um, like you said, depending on when everybody's listening to this podcast, it's 2023 in February. And we're uh, we're about 48 or hours away from launching an online store to uh, to try to keep up with modern times. We're 25 years in business and have never had an online presence, which Actually, I'm pretty proud of that we were able to, uh, you know, that we've been able to uh, succeed and grow in a, in a world that um, is very, very online, very um, social media um, driven. But uh, you know, we feel like it's time to, to join the modern age. So we're pretty excited about that. It's been about a two-year process getting it ready. I thought it would be a two-month process. Haha, <laughs> that was not the case. But uh, we're about there, and. Uh, Hey, you were only off by uh, you were only off by forty six months, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm so. pretty good with that. That's a, that's a range, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> way more of an undertaking than I ever dreamed. The the dilemma that we ran into here was that um, everything was paper. You know, like we were we didn't even have a point of sale. Like we were old school. We take it old school around here. You know, big cheap tablet and a fat pencil. Like we hand wrote all of our tickets. Um, and so before we could have an online presence, we had to join the modern age in the store and put everything um, in point of sale, which means everything has to have a barcode. Everything has to have a SKU. Everything. Mm. And you've been here. So um, obviously it was, it was an undertaking. I mean, an absolute undertaking. But we are, we are in the home stretch of it now. 
Um, pretty excited about that. And uh, yeah, it ought to be you fun. Know, you know what you're reminding me of is, well, two things. Your whole process of having to get everything digitized and barcoded because you have thousands and thousands of items in your store. I mean, just the number of bits that you have in the store, the clothing items, the hats, the complete line of tack with all this variation. I mean, anything that you could go in there and be a city person and come out and be a country person. Like they have everything there. They have purses, they have boots, they have jewelry. I mean, you literally have everything that you need from from the person to the equine. I mean, everything. I have brought a mule to you. I have brought a Kentucky Mountain Horse, which is half Tennessee Walker, half Rocky Mountain. I have brought a Missouri Foxtrotter to you. I have brought an appendix um, quarter horse to you, you know, like an appendix horse to you. And you have had something on stock that fit that animal (laughs) okay like that's some crazy variety you know that is you have a lot of inventory i have a saddle addiction that's what the problem is i've been accused of that so but we try to keep between three and four hundred saddles in stock all the time new you know between new and used and everything so there's a a lot of variety you know er, and early on i was pretty guilty if i had stuff that i liked you know, only stuff I liked, and and that was you know many many moons ago. And I have I had uh, learned pretty quick that you also got to have stuff that maybe isn't your flavor, so that you have other people's flavor. You know, right. um, that was a that was a hard pill to swallow in the beginning. Was um, you know not everybody likes the same things I do. I, oh. That's hard to believe, but it's true. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> well, so what your business reminds me of is whenever I'm pulling my arrow back. So I pull back slowly, you know, but then whenever I release, it's going to be, you know, it's going to travel the distance. And I think that's what your business is doing right now. Is it, yeah, you had to pull back and go slow for a second, but I think your business is going to launch, you know, especially with the online presence. So for example, we're trying to upgrade and be some high-tech rednecks, okay, So this year, we host this event called Chicks in the Sticks. It's an all-inclusive women's event. I tried to do a co-ed one called Hicks in the Sticks, but I only had one dude end up coming to it last year. And I try to be a quick learner. You know, maybe as the event grows, I'll go back to doing a co-ed one. But uh, And then people can book private events and do co-ed, okay? Well, this year, we had it where they had to, last year, I had the event, announced but then whenever I created a flyer and I put it online it took 72 hours for the event to fill so this year we have added where they had to fill out forms and stuff and so on the Facebook post I was like if you're wanting to sign up here's the order that I am going to fill from I said you can fill out this form which it tells me everything I need to know about them because they get a shirt they get a custom wooden sign. They ha- We have a massage therapist come in. They tell me if they need a cabin because we have four cabins or an electric site. They tell me if they want to come in early, if they want to stay late. They tell me if they have food allergies. They tell me all this information, and now I don't have to take the phone call to do that. That event with right. the number of forms was filled up, and I, I had nine Okay, nine of these chicks in the sticks, because I had some behind the scenes that I didn't announce the dates for overflow, they, by the time stamps of those forms that were turned in, those events were filled up within six hours, and I have almost 400 more people that wanted to come and do those events. So I'm now contacting them and saying, hey, if you want to do a private one, here's some dates that we have available, or... I actually release my schedule in November, but I don't put the flyer out until January. So if you want to be signed up for 2024, November 1st is when our um, calendar drops and anything can be signed up for. So that online presence exploded our business. Like it took me over a week to get off of the, the first day that everybody submitted their forms. 
So that right there, you know, having that online presence is vital for the horse community because everything is done online. I mean, like, it's really rough, you know, it's rough on us because we're not really geared like that, but we have to be geared like that to keep up with, with society. So I absolutely well, and that's just how people find out about things now. It's just, it's just, you know, that, that, that is the way it is. So you either, you either learn and grow or, or not, I guess, is the two options. Mm-hmm. So, you know what, with, um, Hey, let's talk about somebody that's around. I, they're in your state. Do you know Bull Parker? Oh, Absolutely. Oh, Bull Parker. I think he's 80 or 81. He's around that age. But um, I have, he's an older gentleman, and uh, he texts, he will text you, uh, or he'll call me, and but he makes custom bits and spurs, and uh, I am so excited because he is, he's not into the technology, but I do love that he'll call me and stuff, but I have my first two bits coming in from Bull Parker, and uh, man, what a what a gift to the horse industry he has been. So, um, do you know anybody that has a bull Parker bit or a pair of spurs or anything? Um, pretty much everyone I know has a bull Parker bit or tank spurs because we all um, covet them quite uh, quite close. Um, I have I have several bull and I actually have done each other for years. Uh, he's another one that we do till six a.m. I hop once in a while to yep. talk about life. And, uh, and, and, uh, yeah, I, I honestly don't even know how many years I've been involved, um, a lot of the years. And, uh, we, we, we trade back and forth and uh, do some weather work for him and, and things. Okay. And then, uh, we trade out, we trade out, uh, for work and such for bits. Okay. So pretty good. I, I like to trade. Oh, yeah. Bull, well, Bull Parker, what a gift, man. And I am so excited. And the, He's got me a couple of head stalls coming and two bits, and um, he designed them and sent me pictures of what he had drawn out. So I'm really excited about that. Um, so you had talked about your business being online. Now, are y'all going to sell saddles online, or are you going to sell clothing? What are you going to sell? Yeah, everything. Everything. We um, that's again. That's probably part of what took so long. Um, we're going to, I mean, the entire store won't be online, but a, a, a big chunk of it will be. Um, I don't know. Um, I guess I don't know exactly how to answer that because I think it's going to be uh, evolving, you know? I right. think as we uh, as we figure it out, um, when we launch it, we're going to kind of, like you talked about, a soft launch. We're going to kind of soft launch it. Um so that we hopefully don't get overwhelmed with the process in the beginning and then, and then just keep growing it. Um, you know, with your, all I'm thinking about is how genius it is for Pike to be getting his master's in international, what international marketing or international trade or something. International trade and finance, I believe is what it's called. I mean, like, wow. Talk about, um, a legacy. Is there a horse running? <laughs> uh, that's my yeah, that's my clock. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! It goes off every hour to remind me. Um, you know, my husband and I—we're really trying to embark upon. Um, you know, we're we're post COVID, and a lot of people went to homeschool or private school. And my husband is not really a cowboy, but he's a construction guy, and he loves to build. And I always tell cowgirls, like, don't marry a cowboy. You need to marry a construction guy so you can get a barn. But um, (laughs) anyways, he has. we have a business called Building with David where we actually have a USA-made CNC, and then we have a USA-made sawmill coming, and we're putting in a kiln. And, um, you know, I have a, I have three college degrees. I've got a degree in biology with a minor in physics, a degree in criminal justice, and then my master's in teaching. And, um, so David has designed these woodshop projects and then has a completely USA made, um, project to be able to send 
to kids. And then we videoed how to build these small projects. And then I've wrote a curriculum to go with it. So what we have created is a homeschool version or a private school, or we can go to public schools also, but it's a kit and it's wood shop. So the schools don't have to have a wood shop or the parents don't have to have a wood shop and the projects build upon themselves and they don't have to have all the fancy tools. So we're, that's what, um, that's the biggest change for our business is actually embracing the online as well. So Mm -hmm. anyways, I mean, like, isn't it weird how our business is kind of parallel and how um, we've worked together and known each other and then, and Dina's been on this the whole time and hasn't spoken hardly at all. And Dina is an amazing person because Dina, whenever, because everybody wants to talk to Russ. Everybody wants to talk to Russ. And, and I've always, you know, I got used to talking to you too, but Dina has been there the whole time. And she can pull out saddles and stuff for whenever we've had horses there and be like, okay check out this, 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 but Dina, do you prefer to be behind the scenes or what's your favorite part of the business? I'm definitely a behind the scenes kind of person. Okay. So Dina, I will tell you that my husband and I are go and whoa. And if it was up to my husband, he would never be in the spotlight but then he loves all the inner workings of the business. But if it was up to him, he would probably just be in his shop all day by himself. And then if it was up to me, I'd be in front of about 500 people for about 12 hours of the day being in charge of something. So he is my behind-the-scenes kind of person because, you know, before I was married to husband, my husband, if I dated someone that was like me, it didn't really work out, but with us having that go and woe and him not liking to be in the spotlight, it's actually made it, it's made it easy for him, easy for me, and uh, it kind of works out. So are you looking forward to the online business? Yeah, I think so. Just I think you're going to be. Logistics. Just getting all the logistics ready. Yeah, I think you are going to be so freaking busy. And you know what our biggest concern is with our online business is all the shipping. You know, shipping is going to be uh, a nightmare. A nightmare for us because, like, if a school district calls and they want 80 kits, you know, like, we're just, uh, we're just, and then uh, an individual can call and just want one kit. So, I know with y'all with shipping saddles, but y'all are used to doing stuff like that right now, right? We are, but it is definitely a struggle. That's actually this morning before we uh, before we started talking. That was I was researching more shipping options and more shipping structures. Um, it's uh, shipping is definitely a a thing. Like I don't um, that is the last actually that that is the last step. We are ready to launch, other than shipping, and that. We've been we've been a week uh, exploring and and uh, studying shipping, trying to decide the direction to go there. So right, and you know what? And here's and you know what people think? They probably think, oh, he's probably cleaning a saddle and you know restocking bits onto the wall. And you're over here like, hmm, I'm looking up uh, how to do. And, you know, shipping. And then I, um, my TikTok presence has went from 8,000 followers to 43,000 followers in the last 10 days. And um, I have people that are wanting, I make custom planners and I got the children's books and cups and stuff like that. And then we have a complete line of mounted archery equipment. And I had somebody from the UK wanted to know if I could ship. And I was like, yeah. I can ship, and then I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Now I've got to figure out international shipping. Yeah, can I ship? <laughs> like, you know, people think that I'm just, uh, oh, it's the winter. She must have time off, and I'm over here running so freaking fast during the winter to get, per- you know, to get ready for a good year. So, okay, how do people 
find your business and um, what's the tricks of the trade for being able to come in for a saddle fit? What's How do they find all of your stuff? Um, well, obviously the online is going to be a thing soon. Um, we are uh, we are located at 3256 Northeast 39th in Topeka, Kansas. So we're kind of out in the country, as you know, but the, the people listening may not. Um, we we, uh, we started our business um, right here on our place, and uh, we have an arena out behind the store. So uh, we hold events. Everything kind of happens right here, you know, uh, and I like that part. When we started this, uh, like I say, I have a, I have a bachelor's degree in, in uh, animal science with a business option and all of my business classes, you know, the very first thing they teach you in business is location, 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 which for all intents and purposes, our location makes zero sense, but, uh, but it makes sense for us. You know, it's, it wouldn't be a very good place for a quick shop. I say that a lot. Um, but it's a great place for, for what we do because it's, uh, you can whip in here with your truck and trailer. There's lots of room to park. You can unload. You can try saddles. You can ride up and down the road. You can go to the arena. Um, it, I, I hope anyhow that people leave thinking um, that it was a very friendly experience, um, right. low pressure, um, you know. So so you've got your physical location. Are you on Facebook? Uh, yes. Yes. So uh, we are on Facebook. Uh, we have an Instagram. Um, everything's RBRB or RBRB LLC, I believe. Um, Take actually takes care of a lot of that um, because I'm technologically, uh, I shouldn't say I'm technologically challenged. I just choose to be technologically yeah. challenged. So, what's your like marketing? What did you say, Dina? I said Take likes the marketing oh. part of it, the, the TikTok, the Facebook, the everything of that part. So where, where are people on your website, like RBRB? Is it RBRB.com? Yep, it's just simply RBRB.com. And that's where you're going to have your all of your store for yep, selling? That will, okay, that will be the online store. Okay. It, uh, right now, if you go to RBRB.com, it's just more of an informational thing, but it will uh, redirect here. Hopefully, in the next few days, it will redirect. And when you type in rbarbie.com, it will pull up the full online store. Okay. Well, and then our facility, my last name is Vaughn Holton. It was Smith before I got married. But I married me uh, somebody with a difficult name. But it's V-O-N. And then the second word is H-O-L-T-E-N. So it's vonholtonranch.com. And we're in Missouri and then we have Country Tough Trail Versatility that we host, which is just a competition series. And then we, we are the Country Tough Mounted Archers, and we have a complete line of stuff there. We have a website for Building with David. That is his um, at-home wood shop. And then Big Boss Mare is the name of this podcast. I have a, a website just for Big Boss Mare. And then um, I have... BrandyVonHolton.com, and Brandy is spelt with a Y, and that has my business coaching on there, my children's books, my goal-setting courses. I have all sorts of my, I mean, I just got picked up by, it's called Women in Agriculture. It's for Missouri, and I'm going to be their keynote speaker. But, um, you know, this podcast, you know, this is, uh, it's won Missouri's Best Podcast for the last two years, and so far... As of right now, I'm in 49 states and 35 countries. So if you're in one of those countries, you should go to RBRB because this is a real cowboy and because you do compete or you do enjoy um, team roping. Is that correct? You're a roper? That is correct, yeah. You and your sons, do you all rope together? Uh, Take ropes, yeah. Are you a header or a healer or both? I'm a header, fake the healer. Okay. So this is a real cowboy, and this right here is a business that's been in, you know, been operating for 25 years, family-owned, uh, you know, a husband and a wife and their three sons. So this is like the real deal. So anyways, well, do you have any parting um, advice or anything for the horse industry or for people in general that are, you know, 
wanting to come to your store or people in general about the things that you see? Um, I don't know about parting advice. As far as uh, as far as our store, I, I probably would just want to say that that I would want everyone to know that everyone is welcome. I feel like sometimes in our industry, um, newcomers or beginners are very apprehensive or maybe feel um, inadequate about um, coming and asking questions or, or whatever. And and uh, we take a lot of pride and uh, we don't we're not judgy. Um, we're here for the better of the industry and the, and the animal and the rider. So um, we get a lot of that. My favorite, one of my favorite customers, uh, new customers, is the one that walks in and goes, I just bought a horse and I know nothing. Can you help me? You know, I love that. Um, uh, I like to uh, I like to welcome new people to our sport. Um, I think uh, I, I think there's something special. You know, the, the old saying, there's nothing better for the inside of a man than the outside of a horse or a woman, whichever. Um, I think that that holds very true. So um, I, I love to see new new people influx into our sport. Well, and you know what? I see so many people that don't get horses until they're 40, 50, 60 years old. And I am so happy that they get a horse, you know. And I'm so happy whenever they have correct tack. And, uh, you know, you buy right, you buy once. So, and it doesn't have to be, if you buy, you don't have to buy a $10,000 saddle. I mean, like, it doesn't have to be like that. And, um, you know, just don't buy junk and don't think that the more money you spend, the better it's going to be. But buy right, buy once. All right. Well, hey, thank you very much for tuning in to Big Boss Mare with Brandy Von Holton.